everyone and welcome to the Pulse podcast. Today is Friday the 29th of July. If you're new to the podcast, um, we are based in Accra in Ghana. We all work for pulse.com.gh where we write about a variety of topics, news, sports, entertainment, politics, features, you name it, we do it. My name is Stacey Knott, I host this podcast and today I'm joined with my colleagues. We have... Chrissy Jemfiasiru. Manuel Quest, Pulse Business. David Mowley, Pulse Entertainment. Magdalene Sekulano News. So welcome everyone and thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to kick things off with news as we usually do. So Magdalene, you've been very busy this week with the Monty saga. So if you just give us some background on what that's all about. Okay, so um, there's a show on Monty called Pampasu and then it's hosted by one person popularly referred to as Mugabe. Um, on his show, two people were alleged to have um, threatened the judges. Actually, we took it lightly when it started. We thought it wouldn't be anything big. People started condemning it, Ghana Bar Association, GGA, a number of organizations. And then the judges took them on because they had threatened the judges, they had threatened the chief justice, and that was a contempt of court. So this week, they were found guilty of um, those accusations. They have been jailed. As the three have been jailed for um, four months, and then they are expected to pay 10,000 Ghana cities each. On top of the sentence. Yes, on top of the sentence. And then management of um, Muntier FM is also expected to pay 30,000 cities. Mm-hmm. And then the owner of the airwave or the owner of the wave, who is Harry Zakor, he's also um, a staunch NDC member, one of their vice chairman. Mm. He's also expected to pay 30,000 cities. Um, there's been a back and forth with a lot of people or a lot of sympathizers or NDC supporters calling for their release and asking that um, President Mahama uses his power to grant them a prerogative of mercy. Mm. The argument has been that um, so a, a legal person like Nana Santibediato argues that the president can only grant um, the prerogative of mercy if you have a criminal case. They do not have a criminal case. This is just a contempt. And so, I mean, the legal brains have been battling around that area. Currently, a petition is being signed at Radio Gold. A petition book has been opened where people are signing mm. to get gather enough signatures as possible to take to the president. Key people who have signed mm. include the deputy chief of staff, Valerie Sawyer, um, the tourism minister, Minister of Education, Deputy Minister of Education, sorry, Okujetua Blakwa. Mm-hmm. Um, a number of people have signed, as in a number of NDC mm. supporters have signed. So why NDC? Are these people NDC party members? So, yes, um, okay. the, the bigger or the company that owns Muntier mm-hmm. is actually owned by some of the NDC bigwigs or the mm. people who in the history of the NDC can never be left out. And Moutier is seen as one of the pro-NDC media houses. Okay. And I have a few more questions, more for the historical context, I suppose, because Mm. Rawlings had judges killed, right? So that's kind of where the seriousness might come from. Yes, and uh, you you see, the seriousness of this whole thing is that... So the gentlemen who um, who have currently been sentenced said this thing or made these comments about three days to the commemoration of 
um, Rawlings asking judges to be killed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Ghana Bar Association was the first to what, take it up. What date was that? Though? When was that? that was in so, 1981. Yes. Okay. It's called it's, uh-huh. So they, now they mark it as a Martyr's Day. Mm. And then, so six, three days to Martyr's Day, that was when the um, mm. people made these mm. comments. And did you, like, have you actually listened to the audio yourself of them making the comments? Yes, um, in the audio, this, these are some of the things you hear. So I can't differentiate them by names, mm-hmm. but you hear one person saying, the Chief Justice must rule no matter what in favor of the NDC regarding the um, election petition mm-hmm. or the NHIS, NHIS petition NHIS, yeah. and all of that. And then the other says, if the EC or if the Chief Justice doesn't rule in favor of the NDC, they are going to line all of them up and repeat what happened some years back. Wow. I mean, referring uh-huh. to uh-huh. Martyrs Day. Okay. And then the, the other says, oh, we even know their homes. Wow. And so, yes. So, right. I mean, there were... So, you can't really, like, count it off as people just joking around. No, and it, didn't, were, it didn't sound mm-hmm. like that on air. And then the um, host of the show, he led them on. Wow. He okay. He actually... Encouraged them, yes, boosted the morale for them to continue saying all that they could say. And so, yes, he was also charged because he helped them. Mm. And so, other than the the political side of it with NDC being in support, from what I understand, the bigger argument and conversation at the moment is there's freedom of speech, but you have to be responsible with that freedom of speech, right? And that's illegal, threatening someone's life. Yes, yes, yes. Mm. I mean, you can't just threaten somebody and go Mm scot-free. Yes, you have your rights to your speech and all of that. But mind you, that other person also has his or her rights and freedoms. Mm -hmm. And then with your rights, yes, with your rights comes responsibilities. Mm -hmm. So you must also know that then you're responsible for what you say, what you write. Mm -hmm. And so you must be very circumspect. Mm about certain things. So what did you guys make of the sentence, the four-month sentence? Because from what I've understood with the criminal system here or the justice system, there's not really an in-between. Like, maybe you'll get a fine or you'll go to prison. Like, you know, where I'm from, you have probation, you have community service. There's so many different steps that you wouldn't, you know, unless it was a really severe crime or you're a repeat offender, you wouldn't be going to prison straight away. Well, others have said that it's it's too intense. Mm-hmm. The four months given to them for a contempt uh, case or accusation of contempt, and others have also said the judges were actually very lenient. Mm-hmm. I personally think that it was just good enough because the the highest number of uh, the highest form of punishment you can give to people who are held in contempt is they go to jail for three years mm. they were not giving three years mm-hmm. they were giving four months secondly we cannot really downplay what they said especially when um the how do i say it so the the founder of this particular party in in power whose representatives were making this same statement actually ordered for the killing of six judges that is on the scar of the conscience of this country mm-hmm. as far as leadership is concerned. Mm-hmm. Those people from these people from the same party do not get the mo- the right or they should not even try, you mm-hmm. know, reminding people of what mm-hmm. had happened. And there's one more thing I want to quickly ask about. Mm-hmm. The defense of one of the guys 
Yeah. What did he say? He said okay. that something <laughs> overcame him yeah. and he yeah. lost his well, mind or so something. There was, a precedent. there was a precedent. The same thing happened in 2012 when uh, we're having our election mm-hmm. petition over the 2012 election. Mm-hmm. So the, the, the outcome of the election was being contested in the Supreme Court. And same thing, people mounted uh, radio platforms and said all kinds of things about some of the conducts of the judges in the course of the trial. The trial was... Uh, televised nationwide, right? Mm-hmm. So when he was held in contempt, when one of the panelists was held in contempt, this time one of the, one of the guys from the NPP opposition NPP, he was he said that uh, something, some some spiritual force mm-hmm. kind of thing came right. over him, okay. and so he was not in control of his full faculties as a okay. human being. And Magdalene, you actually wrote a feature about that not so long ago. Like if people. Right? If people yeah. want to say something, they shouldn't apologize and blame it on spiritual forces. Yes, yes, because um, Sir John had blamed his statements on a spiritual force that only comes upon you when you sit to speak as a mm. political figure, which I thought was wrong. I mean, you're either responsible for your words or don't say them mm-hmm. at all. That's yeah. where I start. And especially when you're a professional and your yes. job is to speak and communicate. Okay, so thank you very much. And um, I guess we'll be keeping an eye on if they actually do the whole sentence, the four months? Sure, we hope they serve it. We don't know. If Mahama decides to grant them pardon, I mean, personally, I think that that would be it for him. He Mm. should forget election 2016. Some of his own ministers are breaking breaking the rule. Like They're they're going against him and the judgment are signing this petition. I think it's Mm. very interesting. Okay, we'll keep an eye on it. So I want to quickly move on to business news. So Quest... This is yes. your forte? Yes. So the biggest story in the world of business this week has been the media budget review in Parliament. So we had the substantive, uh, yeah, the substantive budget read in September 2015. Halfway through the year 2016, um, the, the the minister had to go to Parliament to tell us whether we're on target with our revenue targets, with our expenditure targets, budget deficit targets, and all. And in a nutshell, he painted a very confident picture. Well, that you know things were on track. Budget deficit was on. Okay, he, we had overspent the budget by zero point three percent, which is not too bad for the first quarter. Um, for revenue, we are also a bit on track. Uh, for expenditure, we had even sp- government has spent lower than budgeted. Good. Mm-hmm. My issue and contention is this: if he's lying to us, how can we tell? Mm-hmm. And goes to the basic of uh, the basics, or goes to the heart of an issue that journalists in the country have been fighting for, which is the right to information bill, mm-hmm. which essentially means that I, as a financial journalist, can go to to the ministry and say, Mr. Minister, please provide me the details or the breakdown of what actually went into the expenditure. Mm-hmm. And they're legally bound. Exactly. Bound, mm-hmm. And we don't have that, mm-hmm. so all we have is his word. Now. He comes to say we spent 14 million Ghana cities in the first quarter. The opposition comes to say, no, it's not true. It's blah, 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 15 million. We, the journalists, are supposed to provide the objective, mm. you know, uh, state of affairs. But we don't have that power. The Bank of Ghana, my attention just, was just drawn to the conduct of the Bank of Ghana lately, who are custodians of the PES, who tells us, okay, this is what we spent so far. And they're just they're supposed to be neutral because... Mm politicians don't have any control over them. The constitution gives the governor that power. You mm-hmm. cannot remove him whilst he, w- once he's appointed. But they also have started, you know, um, how do I put it, being secretive about mm. the, the, the figures. 
in their mid-year report, annual report, which was two months ago, they never said anything about our national budget, which mm -hmm. is a hot issue. So you see that whoever they are the ones we fall on, they are also, you know... Mm. Um, and this bill has been, out. what, like 10 years you've been waiting for it? Yeah, it's mm. been more than 10 years, close to two, well, from 99. So, okay, yes, so that's like almost 20 over, years. Over, right. over 20 years. And that's actually. something that I think every journalist I've spoken to here in Ghana yeah. has been saying needs to be passed. Yeah. So Very true. So what we are reduced to is uh, analysis, what, mm -hmm. what we do, inferences. So, for example, if government said we spent 100 cities on this microphone, we now talk to people who manufacture similar microphone or are in the business of mm. selling similar microphone to find out how much mm. this microphone costs, you know, and stuff like that. We there are so, There's so much conjecture. But that's the thing, like, even all that fact-checking for analysis yeah. is so time-consuming. Yeah. And, you know, like, I don't know if you listeners know, but as journalists, yeah. our time is pulled in so many different directions yeah. that it's very infrequent that we actually have the time to go and like Quest was saying, yeah. go and find out how much something really costs, yeah. which is why you need that data in the first place. That's yeah. why the government need to pass this bill. Yeah, exactly. And the future of journalism in Ghana depends on it, mm -hmm. uh, especially for us financial journalists in checking corruption, in, think, in, in running the economy uh, right now, where we have an IMF program and the IMF says, don't spend on social uh, projects in an election year, because that's what governments always do. They mm -hmm. count social expenditure as if it's a governmental expenditure, but it's actually a tool for campaigning. Mm -hmm. So they say we are giving free money to the poor. Mm -hmm. And it's just to their, you know, to Ghana votes and stuff like that. At the end of the day, expenditure is ballooned. We go, we go through this whole cycle of bad mm -hmm. economic management and all. Now we have the IMF that is trying to pin them down. But how can we tell whether they are, you know, going mm. according to the dictates of the IMF mm. and all. So I think we've done uh, numerous stories on this in the past, so mm. we'll link those stories that we've done to this podcast. Um, and then moving on to features. So last um, podcast, I mentioned a really great feature that we had coming up, um, and it was released earlier in the week. Um, our very amazing intern, Kwesi, um, and myself went and visited an architecture firm here in Accra, and the firm was interesting and different because eight out of the 12 architects were actually women. So Kwesi will get you to explain that. Okay, um, so the firm is called AGZA and it's based in Accra. And like you said, eight out of the 12 architects are women. Um, it, what really drew, what was the interest, the interesting thing about it was that um, we, it's a very male-dominated field. And so having so many women, not just working but working in one place mm -hmm. yeah, made the made the the whole story very interesting mm -hmm. and also the, um the reason why the the person who started the company Ananokia said she started was because she was working at a firm where she felt the the environment did not support motherhood so when she started hers she made sure that it did and so there are so many you, you can bring your kids to mm -hmm. work you can you can bring your nannies to work if you want to. Mm -hmm. there's so, there's you so can even free. sleep at work if you yeah, want to. You can even sleep at work yeah. if you want. If you're tired and just want to okay. sleep, yeah, there's a place where you can just go and sleep. And they're about to start a playground for the mm -hmm. kids as well. So that's their work environment. It was very interesting mm -hmm. when, when we went to speak to them. Yeah, and we've shared it um, a lot over Facebook, and I think a lot of people have found it interesting and are hoping that their own workplaces could learn from the ideas that um, this architecture firm have instigated. 
yeah, definitely. I hope we also have a sleeping nook here. So yeah. that, uh, possibly I can just sleep yeah. Yeah, if I want to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it won't hurt any business for uh, some of the employees to take a 30 minute nap mm-hmm. or anything like that. I mean, Richard Branson of the Virgin Group allows that actually. So that's a forward looking thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, 30 minutes once a while. Mm-hmm. It's But the issue of, of about women and. Um, having to go through things like maternity leave and stuff like that and the fact that businesses are finding it to be counterproductive mm. it, it beats my imagination it's a trend that is actually um, taking root in Ghana now because some companies I know would rather hire men than women because at some point no matter how brilliant the woman is she'll have to take about three months off and you know for maternity and stuff like that and that is terrible mm. i think government should actually step in there should be policy for gender equality and in so many instances i found that women are actually sometimes even more you know cut out for the job than even men are so mm-hmm. yeah yeah there was um the gender ministry a while back they were talking you would know about this they were talking about um the quota in um, public service and basically bringing women up um, within the public service and I think after that it was going to be the private service and it was initially going to start with making 40% of seats in parliament women which is, you know, women are so underrepresented in parliament so, here. So this is what happened with um, those initiatives. Um, they started well or they started on a good note mm-hmm. where they tried to get the president or anybody appointing people to appoint um, an equal amount of number of women to men, but they also had issues where women were either not coming up for the job or they felt they had to take care of their kids and mm. so they didn't think they should take the job or women also felt taking care of the home generally was a huge challenge because in the African setting, in the Ghanaian setting, the home is supposed to be for the woman and not the man or not for both of them. Mm. So, um, I mean, it made it difficult for some of them to really accept those offers. But there's much improvement in the private sector mm-hmm. as compared to the um, public sector. Mm. In the private sector, the minister has often said that. She realized there were more women pushing, so it was easier for her to just go to the companies and say, see, you have to take 40% of women. Because mm-hmm. she realized that but in the mm-hmm. public sector, it's a bit difficult mm. for her. That notwithstanding, I know she's also trying to, or the ministry is also trying to um, bring something up where, just like the architect firm is doing, so you can bring your child to work. So they are trying to ensure that other companies have nurseries. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I know it will be very, it will be difficult, but I think gradually we will get there. Yeah, will, and. It, I think that the positives would outweigh the short-term negatives, you know, like people's productivity would increase, yeah. you know, they'd feel yeah. more comfortable at work knowing their child is there rather than leaving with the nanny or whatever. Yes, I mean, how comfortable will you get knowing your child is safe, possibly right behind mm-hmm. your office mm-hmm. in a nursery where you have someone actually taking care mm-hmm. of him or her? And I know there are a few companies now doing that, but most of them are the very small companies. Yeah, I know there's... Um, that trashy bags which is run yeah. by a uk guy he's got um a nursery trashy bags has got mm. a nursery and then it's a very mm. i mean it doesn't just look it's a very good place when you visit the place mm. it's serene it's actually fitting for kids to 
live or be there whilst their parents work and all of that and for trashy bags the father can also bring the child mm. it doesn't have to be the mother just being there the father yeah, could bring the that's child that's very nice that's, you know, i'd like to say that um the reasons why maybe maybe women would not like to take political positions for example they go through a lot more scrutiny mm-hmm. than men would and they, they, every part of Anything yeah, that's public, anything. women go through yeah. more s- scrutiny. Yeah. Yeah. They're always going through the scrutiny a lot more. For example, if, if we see this in the U.S. campaign where Hillary Clinton is going mm-hmm. through so much scrutiny, and probably it stops more. It, it's it sort of brings a fear in women mm-hmm. to take up these positions. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. you have to have a very thick skin. Yeah. Yeah. You have to be almost perfect uh-huh. for it. Yeah, but we, we, which is impossible, and we don't put those same levels of scrutiny on men mm-hmm. which which is quite bad and, and unfortunately in Ghana the social structure is such that even the women even themselves the think that their fellow women mm. will not make yeah. very good leaders mm. because it's a cultural and I think that's global structure. as well yeah you know? yeah. yeah so it, it's be difficult but I mean it doesn't mean we should give we're gonna keep fighting aren't we yeah we're gonna keep fighting and we'll get there uh-huh yeah it's power. good girl power <laughs> <laughs> okay so on that note, in entertainment, what have we got? Have you got anything that's girl power related? Mm, um, this week has been interesting. I think um, the biggest news came today. It's unfortunate, but it's, it's the biggest in terms of giving us traffic and all that. Um, one <laughs> Sounds very cynical. <laughs> um, one of the High Life legends, his name is um, Dasubre Jamna. Um, he passed away this morning at Kolebu um, Teaching Hospital. Mm-hmm. Uh, according to the manager, he he was ill on Thursday, Thursday morning or so, and he was taken to the hospital, but he couldn't survive, so he's gone. And according to some reports, he's been sent back to his home for burial because he's a Muslim. Okay. He converted. He's not a Muslim. As in, he wasn't born a Muslim, but when he was doing music, he converted mm-hmm. to Islam. So, but there are some ups and downs. You know, this family of Ashantis will not allow the burial to take, the, to take place today. Too. And according to report, he is a royal. So, um, definitely there will be up and down, but we will get you more updates. Also, um, last weekend, Stoneboy went to perform in the United States. Um, he went to perform at the one. Um, one African music festival um, organized by Tida and the Father you know, magazine, and <clears throat> um, there was some issue after the performance. Um, according to some reports, um, Whiskey invited Stoneboy to come on stage to perform with him, and after that, Stoneboy refused to go, so Whiskey sacked him. Um, I tried to get the manager, but they are outside, so it was difficult to get him. But he spoke on radio, and according to him, whiskey didn't suck him from the stage. Um, Only God knows. I mean, (laughs) so that's what we have so far. Okay. Thanks. Okay, so just to say rest in peace to Dasibajan. He's been through a lot in his life. I read somewhere that he spent time in a prison. Yeah. Yeah. In, the, in the U.S. In the U.S. In the U.K. In the UK yeah, in the UK. for drug-related um, offences. Mm-hmm. Yes. But he was later acquitted when they found out yeah, that he was set up. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. 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 Wow. Did he, like, get any 
reimbursement or anything like that? No, for money? No, it's nothing like no, that. Wow. He didn't That's try. Bad. He didn't try to get anything hmm. like that. But he's he, he put out some good music. He's one of the few people who composed really nice, you know, uh, high life songs, and he'll be remembered for those. Yeah, he started doing music long ago, about almost um, fifteen or something years. He started like 1996, mm. going so he started the high life. They are the like. So he's one of the original. So yeah. did you notice like did his music change when he converted to Islam? No, he oh. it didn't change at all. He he recently released a song. It's called Mufrita. It's it's almost the same song that yeah. he's been doing. He it it didn't affect his conversion didn't affect his music yeah. at all. I, I think it was because it wasn't that bad to start with. It was yeah. nothing explicit, you know, right. sexually yeah. explicit. It was just about love and love yeah. good, good love, lyrics. Love yeah. Yeah. That's very nice. Yeah. Okay. He's got a lot of records. So and if you've ever watched Shelley Frimpong Manso's movies, yeah. most of the time when you hear High Life, High Life it's, it's from That's a Great Song. It does very modern... Mm. Okay, we actually, um, our sports reporter is currently filing a story, so we don't have a sports update today, but you can still look on Pulse and find all your sports stories. I don't think anyone here is particularly sport reporterish, so we can't really tell you what's going on in that world. Kwesi? Except that we have a feature about the best dressed managers in football. Okay, there you go. So more fashion. Um, yeah. And then the, the, the transfer saga, the whole transfer saga of Paul Puba of Juventus to Manchester United, so that should Okay, so Chris, you know a bit about sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Manchester United have been spending some time on getting Pogba. He's been rated as one of the best midfielders in the world, and he's going for, exactly, and he's going for a transfer fee of 100 million Euros. That's ridiculous. This will just get me on a tirade, so I'm going to cut us off because I just get so mad at how much money these people get paid. So thank you, everyone, for joining us. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast, and if you look at Pulse, you'll be able to see all the stories that we've been talking about, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.